Hi, my name is JJ Farrell, and it is my honor and privilege to speak to you today on Genesis chapter three. Now, of course, we're continuing our series on uh, on the on the book of Genesis, and uh, Genesis chapter three. If you've read it all in your Bible, you might have seen the title or the caption that's written there. Uh, it says the fall, or uh, maybe some versions they say uh, the fall of man or the fall of humanity. Uh, this this is a pretty pretty tough, deep subject, and I know that that the fall of man, the fall of humanity, that is that is something that probably almost every Christian has heard about. It's something that that probably people even in in, in the secular world know a little bit about the fall of mankind. You know the story of Adam and Eve. Um, but it might not be one of those subjects that people dwell on all that long, all that much, or you know something that they spend too much time thinking about. Because you know that those are one of the the stories that we tell the kids in in Sunday school class. Now I'm going to admit something. Uh, when Pastor Troy asked me to speak on Genesis chapter three, I even told him, "Hey man, the fall of man, the Garden of of Eden. That's that's something that that." I, I usually only dive into in January when I start reading the Bible, uh, you know, my, my yearly reading plan. You know, you might be like me, and it might not be one of those subjects that you think a whole lot about. And, and in fact, you know, you might be thinking, you know, what, there's not a whole lot of relevant content in there. There's not a whole lot that we can relate to. What, it was, it was, it was Adam, there was Eve, a whole zoo of animals, and you know, the fruit and the Garden of Eden, you know, not a whole lot in common there. You know, it, it's not like one of those New Testament scriptures where, where you know, you hear the voice of Jesus and you can, you know, you can easily apply it like one of the, like one of the, uh, you know, one of the, the parables or something like that. But actually, the Garden of Eden and, and the fall of man, it defines everything. We have more in common with with this uh, story in the Garden of Eden than, than what we may realize, than what you've ever realized before. It defines every piece of humanity in, any, in every generation from the Garden of Eden to uh, whatever the last generation may or be. When you take a, a closer, honest look at the Garden of Eden, you will realize that actually all of the players, we see those players in action every day in our everyday life. You still have the God that created everything. You still have Satan and he is as crafty and tricky as he ever was before. And then you have man. And then you have that all important decision. We have so much in common. And, and actually, I believe that, that if we wouldn't have so much in common, we wouldn't even be able, we wouldn't even find the Garden of Eden anymore in, in the scriptures. God left it there so that we could learn the lessons that we need to learn in order to apply them to our own lives because those truths are very as much true today as what they were back in the Garden of Eden when sweet poor old Eve pulled that fruit off for the very first time. I want us to look to dive into Genesis chapter three from verse one. And you'll see even from the very first verse, we see how, uh, we see how God is describing who Satan is and his relationship to mankind. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, 
Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see from the very first verse, this, uh, this description of this conversation that Eve, humanity, was having with, with uh, the serpent or Satan. And, and you see how Satan used a conversation or used something that resembled truth, but he was already from the very get-go just distorting truth. Because that's what Satan does. He distorts truth. And John 8, verse 44, this is Jesus speaking. This is, this is how he described Satan. He said, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And this is key. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So you have to understand something about any idea, any notion that you would receive from Satan, this, this temptation, this coming to you and offering you this forbidden fruit, there is his intention in offering you something, even though it might, it might sound entertaining or might sound like it's something that's going to bring you pleasure for the time. It is not to bring you pleasure. Hey, there, is, there is not one ounce of pleasure involved in, in what he's offering. He's not trying to give you something that, that would bring you pleasure. He's trying to give you something that's going to make you fall. He's going to try and offer you something that's going to destroy you, your family, your reputation, uh, who you are. He wants to chip that away little by little with every little uh, piece of distorted truth in this these lies that he's giving you that, hey, I'm here to offer you something that you like. It's not for your liking. It's for your destruction, which that was the reason why he came to Eve in the first place. Genesis 3 verse 6 says this, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Now, Satan is, it's very interesting how Satan can figure out the things that, that, are, that are attractive to us. They're attractive to our eye. There's something that you would like to partake in. Now, there are some, there are some sets of, of temptations that I will just never understand. I will never under, understand some temptations, but there are other sets of temptations that, you know, they just, they just really make sense to me. Uh, they're things that, that if I'm not careful, I can lose myself in because Satan pushes a button and, he, and then he realizes, did it work? Did it not work? Ah, he'll take note of that. This didn't work. Or, ah, that did work. I'm going to push that button again. I'm going to take it a little bit farther. He comes to you with things that are attractive, just like he did with Eve and Adam. Because, man, that fruit, probably Eve tasted it. And she saw how sweet and how good it was. And it looked good. So she went and she offered it to to Adam with the with a nice little speech. Maybe the serpent was there, I don't know. But it, somehow Adam took that fruit knowing it wasn't something that he should be doing and taking part in, but he took it because it was pleasing to his eye. And it was, it was something that looked like it would be good for him to eat. Because when Satan comes to you and he offers you something, he's not gonna offer you something that you're not gonna want. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful verse and it's a great description of what temptation is. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. What does that mean? Well, it's common sense what it means, but we'll, des- we'll describe it a little bit. These are, there are things that when Satan comes to you, you already know what he's going to offer you. There was a whole forest out there, a garden full of, full of fruit that Adam and Eve could have eaten from. But what was the one fruit that, that Satan was, was trying to offer Adam and Eve? It was the one they couldn't have. It, when, when Satan comes to you and when Satan comes to me, because I'm not bulletproof, you know, when Satan comes to me, I know what he's going to come with. I know the temptations. I, 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 I've, 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 heard, I've heard the voice before. When he comes to me, he offers the same things over and over again, and it sounds good. But the second half of that verse that I just read in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 10, 13, it says this. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Just like Adam and Eve were not tempted beyond what they could bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide an escape so that you can stand up under it. Satan will only offer you the things that he has figured out that work on you. From time to time, you might get a crazy idea, you know, but just know that that crazy idea is like Satan testing out a new button in your life. And when that doesn't work, he's going to go back to the old buttons and he's going to push those because he knows that those work. But when he does, just like Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve could have resisted. But when he does, God is still faithful. And you will not be forced to do anything because God is always going to allow you the way to, to step out. He's going to give you enough, enough strength to not fall, to not succumb to that. Now, let me tell you about a wonderful truth that we find in, in uh in this Genesis chapter three, the fall of humanity, the fall of man. Uh, it, there's a wonderful truth there that I think that sometimes just, just gets glazed over and I want us to take a really good look at it. We are created by God to be overcomers. Now you might be saying, well, that's a stretch. Well, it's not actually a stretch. I want you to look with me at Genesis 3 verses 14 and 15. We'll start with 14. It said, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. God looked at the, at the serpent, looked at Satan and said, because you did this, I will put a curse on you uh, for, for all of, not just all the days of that serpent's life, every serpent that will come from that point on. And actually it was, it was a proclamation all through, all through eternity. You will be cursed for what you've done. You've destroyed my plan, you, 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 you took a stick and you put it in the spoke of my plan, and so I will curse you, serpent, for what you've done. And what, is, what has Satan done to every one of us? What has Satan done to you? What, is, what has Satan done to you? What are, the, what are, the, what are the, the plans that Satan has been chipping away at just to keep you from becoming who it is 
that, that God created, predestined for you to be, you are still an overcomer. God's plan for you is for you to overcome, for you to rise above. And, 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 and the Lord, the faithful Lord, looks at Satan and looks him probably dead in the eyes and said, I've got my eyes on you because you're, you're attacking my servant, my creation. And verse 15 says, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Of course, this is speaking towards the Messiah, but, but there's so much more included in, into that. It, and and there's, there's an actual personal piece included in that as well. We are part of that offspring. It's this, it's this definition from, from that moment, who Satan is and what his role is and who the offspring is and, and our role. See, we are created to be overcomers. I know that because Romans 8, verse 37 and 30 to 39, famous verses in the Bible, says this. You've heard it many times probably. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you hear that? There's nothing that can separate us not our sins, not the tricks of the devil. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of our Lord. See, this, this film plays over and over every day in every person's life. Satan is still coming and he's still distorting the truth. He's still offering things that, that you may want on a silver platter, but really that silver platter is, is a rusty tin garbage can that he's wanting to offer you things that, that will just result in, in, a, in a destroyed relationship with not only with everybody around you, but also with the Lord that created you. Those, those things that Satan is offering you are, are just an attack on the plan that, that God has for your life and my life and, and the life of humanity. Uh, and, and the results are the same, just like we find in, in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, the, the results are the same. You know, people that fall, they, they, uh, they, they blame someone else just like Adam did. They, they shift the blame on, onto the, the root of things. You know, just like Eve did. It was, it was the serpent that came to me and he tricked me. You know, we, we, use, these, we use these excuses over and over but the result is still the same. We, we're putting separation in between us and the Lord. But the Lord actually wants to, wants to bring that separation closer and closer. Uh, and and this, this film is just playing over and over again in our minds. Uh, Satan is offering us things to separate us, but we don't, we don't have to bite. We don't have to take the fruit. I want you to think about I want you to think about the fruit that Satan is bringing to you. Because this is just a story of Adam, Eve, animals, fig leaves, 
and, and the serpent, if you don't apply it to your life, and, and trust me, the results are still the same. Satan is still, uh, is still seeking after that same result that he had with Adam and Eve. He's, he wants the same result in your life for you to be banished from, from the Lord's presence eternally. But, but God is faithful. And even in those very, very tough times, late nights, whatever it is, some, some people may be, may be struggling with, with sexual uh, temptations. Some people struggle with, with anger issues. Some people may be struggling with, with uh, doing the right thing or, or a good work ethic at, at, at work, whatever it is. Satan is, is, is offering you something. It all comes down to this. Please, please identify the fruit that Satan is offering you. Identify the things that are common to you. Identify what it is that Satan comes and offers to you on a silver platter. And now make the decision that you're no longer going to take a bite. You're more than a conqueror.